It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. The Late Lunch with Blackstone Motors. The 2020 Dacia sales event is now on at Blackstone Motors, Drogheda, Dundalk and Cavan. Call in to see how shockingly affordable a new Dacia is in the new year. You're very welcome to Thursday afternoon's Late Lunch on LMFM Radio. Let's get straight to business. Could it be something to do with his well-established role as a panel member on BBC Northern Ireland's Blame Game that Neil Delamere's become the most loved southerner north of the border? Or is it simply because he's a funny man, a likeable sort, an all-round good guy who turned 40 this year? You're welcome back for your annual visit. How are you? I'm good. Uh, yeah, I'm, I always call in. I always give you a text and say, "Listen, can we do our usual, which is November, December time?" And uh, I mean, I know I, I love to come and talk to you. Um, I don't like to divert my way off a journey that is any, going to anywhere unusual. So every time I'm up, go, going up to the blame game for a record, I call in and we talk rubbish for half an hour. Basically, I like the way there's no prep done for this. Do you know the way you know, like you'll always get a you do something in RT and a research will ring you and go, "What do you want to talk about?" I want wondering here. The last time we talked about gun dogs or something bizarre and I just go okay I'm not going to prep this is like QI I'm not going to prep this I'm going to walk in and see what Jerry Kelly has <laughs> so you thought that Tiernan was the only one did this not on your <laughs> life baby no, he's the only one who does it successfully <laughs> <laughs> thanks a million on your way to the north anyway hey what about this you are a massive hit north of the border and I'll tell you why when you look at this tour that's going on at the moment yeah. and it's flying for you but I was just looking now you're nearly sold out all over but in the north they just snap up the tickets when you announce I suppose that's probably just because the blame game is on uh, and it's not really watched in the, anywhere near the same numbers of people south of the border Th- that said Doug obviously around here would be pretty big you know so like we, when you do Dundalk and you do Drogheda and you do kind of Monaghan and, and Letterkenny and those places um, that people in Ulster forget is part of Ulster the people he, he sometimes use the words Ulster no 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 no, no. <laughs> is he on there now boy is he on is he on uh, somebody said it to me the other day <laughs> live on the, the blame game because what do you think about us calling this Ulster it's like you're just forgetting about three counties that's all that's all I'm saying but that causes much consternation so I try and vary what I call six counties north of the border I call it six counties I call it Northern Ireland I call it Game of Thrones land I try to annoy everybody equally Jerry. that's that's the point <laughs> and, and you do it superbly but I was just thinking remember Mr Albert Reynolds yep. from sort of around the same neck of the woods as yourself Longford, originally yeah. um, Mr Bertie Ahern who made massive impacts in, in their time on the priest 
peace process in the north. Neil, yeah. could it be possible <laughs> that you're following in their footsteps and you could get this crowd back into Stormont and get the assembly up and running? Yeah, yeah. I mean, they've tried everything else, haven't they? Yeah. I mean, they've been gone for a thousand days and uh, they're still getting paid. The MLAs are still getting paid. So it's it's a fairly unusual situation, all right. Yeah. I, 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 I think... How we fix this is how we fix Brexit. By the way, they've tried everything else. In Bre- I think they should just be due a duel. That's what they should just just pick somebody from the Leave side. Just this will be this may well be a hung parliament tomorrow in the UK. Pick somebody from the Leave side. Pick somebody from the duel side. Then they just or the Remain side. They just have to have a duel. Just <laughs> Jacob Rees Mogg clearly on the Leave side. Oh if please, the, yes. If there is a man who carries antique 16th century pistols around on his person at all times, anyway, it is Jacob Rees Mogg. And then just pick somebody from the other side and just get get it get it get her done. You know. This day is ironic that you're here because yeah. the voting is going on uh, up the road and across the water as well. Do you seriously like it's it's been shaping up to you know a conservative victory up to this point Absolutely. by a number of seats? But I, I, I get that impression it's tightened. Has it, it is tightening. Yeah, it was sixty eight seats when I think uh, of a majority according to polls recently, and then it was twenty eight as of yesterday. So it's funny you, you can see exactly what they do. Like Boris Johnson when he has a lead, like 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 they always do if he has a lead you just protect the lead it's like parking the bus so you just get him and don't let him out just just don't put him in front of a camera Jacob Rees-Mogg has disappeared after those horrific comments as well about Grenfell just get rid of him and just see if you can wind down the clock he hid in the fridge yesterday did you see that in the news <laughs> Boris Johnson hid in a fridge so he didn't have to do an interview oh. with Piers Morgan oh and then he was God. out delivering milk now sorry but for a man who has so many children to dress up as a milkman is Highly inadvisable, I would have suggested, Jerry. Of all the things you don't address up at. And he, it was an industrial sized fridge as well. And I, I, the reason I think that is, is because you know the way people like to put pictures that their kids draw on their fridge? Like he needs an industrial sized fridge for all, the all of the offspring that he has. <laughs> what about poor Colburn? At times, you know, he, he gets a real bad press and they're down on him, like in an awful lot of the media as well. Do you think we're been spun something here has he been spun in a certain way oh, he's definitely been spun in a certain way but I mean there's spin on all sides I suppose I, I saw recently that something like 88% of the conservative ads uh, online ha- had falsehoods in them so I mean that is is not comparable but we are living in the age of truth doesn't matter anymore I mean there's definitely the, the, the people in the UK are taking a leaf from the, the, the Trump playbook and you just lie lie and then Fewer people, it's like a, a newspaper, fewer people will see the apology than the main headline, you know. So it's kind of, uh, oh, it's, it's just a remarkable time to live in, isn't it? Back to your bailiwick up the road, the burning issues, pun intended. Yeah, <laughs> cash for rash and the Irish language. My word. Yeah. Will will there ever be? Will they get back into Jerry that? Jerry Adams place? reckoned, uh, who is the local TD, Jerry yeah. Adams. Uh, I don't know if you've heard of him. Jerry Adams. Oh, Gerard. From time to time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He'd, uh, he'd, he had two jobs a couple of years ago, but he only has one now. And uh, Jerry reckoned that there could be some sort of... Um, um, I suppose, what's the, what's the word I'm looking for? Melting of, of relations or warming up of relations mm. in Stormont in, in the next few weeks. So you just like to see it happen because, you know, because stuff like the, there's a big strike there. Um, a lot of the medical workers are gone on strike or industrial action anyway because they're not getting the same pay party as, as people in England and Wales and, and Scotland. So, uh, you know, it's just, it's too easy for the Northern Ireland Secretary of State to go, this is a devolved matter, I suppose. I, I, 
by the way, you can't get me on this show. I can't speak for 1.8 million people living north of the border. <laughs> These are really opinions from reading the news. I'm not George Mitchell. Sorry, I'll sorry, tell you Jerry. One thing. No, no. I'm see. I'm trying to develop this thing that I'm talking about. You know, Albert, Bertie, Neil. You know, oh. you see where I'm going. I don't with know this? if I'd like to be in that company necessarily. Now I have to say, although Bertie was in the paper yesterday for reading out the results of a referendum in Papua New Guinea. <laughs> the last time I saw him, he was in Fagans in Drumcondra, and he's there in a t-shirt with swaying palm trees behind him. So the man gets around. I love the way the ex-leader of this country hasn't a screed of a guard near him. Not a screed. There's no protection here at all. It's just some fella uh, sitting outside in a, a used Ford Bondeo, I suppose. But he's getting around anyway. Staying on the Brexit thing, you know, and, and, and well, maybe a little bit off tack with that. Um, football and the... Yeah. FAI and you know up the north there the IFA yeah. distinct from the Irish Farmers Association the Irish Football Association yeah. do you think there's any way when you're up there you might have a word with the IFA people and say um, would you have a shot at running the whole thing and, again or them running the whole thing in the whole country wow yeah I mean I think there's a little bit of uh, consternation about the fact that we continually robbed our players you know, I mean, I love James McLean, I have to say. Oh, God, I love James McLean. Uh, and uh, so I suppose there might be, I mean, I mean, that's a broader thing, I suppose. But Jesus, they've done well in terms of Michael O'Neill has been an absolute Very well. super, mm. super manager. Mm. So what happens if we play the North? And that's this, that, that could happen. It could happen. If we beat, uh, we have to beat Slovakia, I think, and they have oh, to beat yeah, Bosnia. Oh, yeah, but Neil, there's a load of ifs. Oh, there's buts. a lot of ifs and buts. If yeah, you could be playing up front, in fairness. <laughs> no. I could, I could be playing in goals. No, it's, no. it's more likely that's going to happen. So that's going to be tasty anyway. I'd never hear the end of it if we, if we lost no. to the North. You say. see, in Partition, I had a guy in yesterday who's written a book about Partition. Wasn't 1921. Moore, it was Moore. Yes. Do you know him? No, but I saw the oh, book and yes. I was very much uh, interested in it. Brilliant I didn't realise that uh, in, in the Irish Times they had an article about there was three or four different proposed routes for, for the border at one Absolutely. point. Absolutely. So it, that's kind of very interesting. Yeah, and he, he has written another book previously about what happened the football, the soccer community, where they split on yeah. partition. So you know what I'm saying? All these years later, with Brexit on the agenda and the mess that's up in Abbottstown and football in the country, maybe it might make sense. Is this an opportunity? An All-Ireland team. Team, or an all league, league, everything. I would take all the Russian players that have just been banned from all... Uh, <laughs> that's what I would do. I would just have all those boys who are not ah, allowed to play. <laughs> you're, you're, th- you're really thinking outside yeah, the box. Yeah, I'd have a... a, 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 a like four four two of all Putin's mates just drugged up their eyeballs. That's what I would have. I, I'll take any qualification whatsoever for any major tournament. Now at this point, I have no morals when it comes to sport whatsoever. Here, tell me this. I actually cracked up looking at you talking about fish in the context of Brexit, swimming in the waters. Oh yeah. North. Will you just talk to me a bit about that? You know, oh, so that was soft border patrol, yes, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, so in the last couple of years, uh, I was offered this thing called Soft Border Patrol and uh, it's this uh, kind of improvised uh, mockumentary thing. So a crowd in Scotland called made this thing called Scott Squad, which is about the police, really, and those kind of over-the-top documentary mockumentaries about police about police so they made one for for BBC Northern Ireland and it was called Soft Border Patrol and I kind of wanted to do it because um, it's a halfway house between 
proper acting and just messing about, you know, because that would terrify me. Do you talk to Ardle Hanlon about this once? A good Monaghan man who talked about, you know, like he's done a lot of plays, and I was like, I'd be terrified to do a straight acting because you miss a cue and then somebody else misses their cue, and you're standing there like in, like an Egypt, they're standing there like an Egypt. There's too many people reliant on it. But I'd like to try something like this. So we did this little thing and um, it was about this fictional unit that kind of was, when soft border in particular was being mentioned, that they patrolled the border. So we did this little sketch about what would happen if um, ha- uh, the DEU wanted to ca- calculate all the fish in Loch Foyle uh, because Loch Foyle is disputed and yes. uh, this sort of stuff. And I and I just, I'd play the head of digital technology or something like this. Niall Sweeney's his name. So it was about... If you find cows on either side of the border, that's fine because you can figure out what where they're from based on their accents. <laughs> and it, it was just ridiculous. So it's just like Northern Irish cows, obviously, moo, moo, and cows from here, moo, moo. And uh, this got three million hits. It just went mental. Like people on BBC Radio 4, like serious journalists were retweeting this and you're going, I hope you know that this is... This isn't real now. This is just us taking the piss now. But yeah, it just kind of gained traction, I suppose. It's one of those things that's of the moment. Eh? We're, doing a, we're doing the next series in in January. Um, they've already started. I thought Brexit would kind of overtake it. Mm. But we're doing the next series in January. Uh, my bits are in January anyway. Because they have to be as close to kind of February or March as possible, which is transmission time. Because it's so fluid. The whole situation is so fluid. You know, what's this space? It's coming. You love it. I promise you. I really, I really have to say, it was just one of those moments that I, I I'll remember for a, a long time. I want to take a short break. Neil Delamere is with us on the show now. Let me remind you before we go to the break. He's coming to the northeast. The seventeenth of January is the Crescent Concert Hall in Drogheda. Spirit Store, I'm afraid, is gone. Both gigs uh, coming up on the 19th and the 26th sold out. Are they? Oh, 26th available. 26th, Sorry, 26th available. We just did one that sold yes, out. Yes, gone. 19th, 19th is, is gone. gone. 26th is 26th a yeah. of January, Spirit Store in Dundalk is available. And then you have Blanchardstown on the 14th of February. The big one's early February, Vicar Street. Vicar oh, Street, yes, yeah. the place to be. And we'll tell you more about a couple coming up in the month of March. Neil Delamere is with us on Late Lunch. Back to Blame Game just for a moment. <laughs> You got mentioned in the House of Commons. Yeah, we did. Yeah, yeah. I went to the, I went to the cinema and I, when I got out, my phone had just kind of exploded from you even mentioned in the House of Commons. And I thought, yeah, people use the phrase blame game all the time, you know, and I thought that's what it was. And then someone sent me the clip and it wasn't. It was the Northern Ireland's Shadow Secretary of State uh, for Labour, Pound, I think his name is, went, we shouldn't be playing the blame game on Brexit. We, You know, the blame game to me, like he was trying to burnish his kind of credentials with people in the north uh, to me is this excellent TV show Neil Delamere Tim McGarry Colin Murphy Jake O'Kane I was like whoa it's a bit mad. so we're in the Hansard record forevermore because normally when they name people Irish people in the House Commons it's because we've done we're, we've been in an organisation that we shouldn't have been in and we're on a list somewhere but this was uh, and he went I hope the House can agree and nobody in the House agreed they were all like we've no idea what you're talking about but they kind of nodded sagely so that was a bit weird yeah massive claim to fame yeah. End of Watch is the name of the tour that's yes. flying along for you. Yeah. Where does the name come from? Right, so I did a show in the Edinburgh Fringe Festival. My year usually goes, I write a show for the Edinburgh Fringe Festival and then that's the show you tour between kind of December and April. So it's called End of Watch this year because it's very literal. It's about trying to buy a watch for my dad, an expensive watch for my dad. And um, for a couple of reasons, I always say, because one, he's he's brilliant, I love him to bits. And uh, two, um, he's in his 80s now. So it's less of a gift and more of a loan in lots of ways, you know. 
like you're going to get that back fairly soon you know you hope <laughs> I, 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 are you even, the favourite son are you the only son uh, no 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 there's three of us yeah yeah so we all everybody, got, one in three. everybody got together yeah, yeah, yeah okay but I got it inscribed in the back and it says to Neil from Da and he was like you got that the wrong way around I was like no I didn't <laughs> no I did not <laughs> so he loves uh, being part of the shows I've brought him two shows and uh, he's kind of stood up at the end and waved to people like the, the big ham that he is so it's a bit of crack it's lovely to get people involved you know <laughs> I love it I love it you are smart cookie hey what's this you and Rick Astley in a selfie the other day where did you meet him are uh, you a groupie do you love him do you love his uh, songs no no I don't love his songs but god people do love his songs put that picture up and people were like oh my god it's Rick Astley he looks amazing he's 53 he looks brilliant um, I met him I did. I do Fighting Talk which is on BBC Five Live it's just kind of a sports comedy panel thing and uh, I was on it the other day with um, your man from EastEnders Jake Wood and a couple of other people and uh, he was in the studio next door and the host of Fighting Talk went oh we'll go in and get a picture and I was like 100% we're going to get a picture and then I went in and got a picture and about a million people on Facebook went he's never going he's never going to give you up and all, all, they were just quoting song lyrics at me so still very popular man great voice oh well. yeah and uh, not to uh, burst your balloon but I saw him on Songs of Praise on, on Sunday um, oh so he's mm, hip and down with the kids he is hip <laughs> he certainly is he was in there giving it gusto as well isn't it funny he was huge then sort of there's a lull and he's back and now he has a, a a profile again. It's a second act, yeah. Yes. Isn't that what everybody, everybody in this industry in any way, shape or form loves those stories because you all know that you're at some point there's going to be a fallow period and you're going to be selling potatoes and, <laughs> on the road down to Wexford on the N11 and strawberries. The second coming of Rick Astley. Listen, it won't happen to you should there, you're, as I mentioned again, things are going so well for you but you must be really pleased that, you know, that your profile with the blame game over on uh, Five Live, etc. and the tour it's all happening for you at the minute ah yeah you just gotta put your head down and keep going and, and as long like uh, you'll be retired long by the people a long time before you retire yourself you know mm. they'll just go ah yeah we've seen what you do and we don't want to see it anymore and that's grand but as long as you're interested in producing good work you're happy out and uh, the, the key to that is to keep writing new stuff because otherwise you get dead behind the eyes and you're bored and you're just you're an actor you're just reciting the same stuff over and over again mm. so I've been doing bits and pieces like the fighting talks are great fun and the news quiz and the BBC Radio 4 would be a big, you know, a couple of million people would, would yes, listen to that. Huge. It's kind of a long, long established show. Uh, and um, I did, the one I really enjoyed recently I did on Radio 4, I did uh, The Unbelievable Truth with David Mitchell. And so David Mitchell, people would know him from The Peep Show and from um, Would I Like You. And uh, I've always liked him. And I was like, do you know when you meet someone, you go, God, I hope he's nice. And he was terrible. No, he wasn't. He was lovely. He was lovely. He was. Oh my ab- heart! Stop there <laughs> you know, for a moment. Can you imagine if that was just the next ten minutes of you consoling me about one of my heroes? Uh, but no, he was really, really nice, and it was great fun as well. You just you you make up a, a lecture, and then people have to guess where the lies in the lecture are, and it was just nonsense. So I did I did rats, and I did uh, Vikings. I think were the two I picked, and they're going to be out in January and February. Yeah, Mitchell, I've seen as well on Cats Do Countdown. He's been he's guested. I think if a couple of times he's there. done all sorts of yeah, stuff he has yeah. and he's yeah. a smart guy and he's sharp and he's yeah. off the cuff brilliant just like yourself Neil Delamere may I say what about Christmas uh, you know but less than a week to go are we at this stage yes we'll be at Stevens. are we no couple of weeks, two yeah. weeks oh my yeah. god I'm even ahead of myself two weeks time it'll all be over and the turkey will be gone and bits of it gone outside people are fed up of it after a day is it a big time of the year for you or do you just 
Ah, yeah. I mean, I love Christmas. Yeah, you have to love Christmas. I go home to my home, uh, my my folks down in Edenderry, and uh, my brother does. Oh, like he's a very good cook, so he kind of does all the cooking, and he, and uh, I do the wash up, and it's just kind of nice to have some in. It, it's kind of enforced downtime, isn't it? But mm. I think that's good, you know. Mm. Particularly for when you work for yourself, you you tend so you have the guilt of the culture. I was talking about this to, to a friend of mine who's actually a solicitor, and uh, another guy who's a barrister, and if you work for yourself you get your dad's voice in your head and your mom's voice in your head going oh, you could be working a little bit harder so Christmas is a time where not only do you get to connect with everybody but also people can't ring you people can't you can't do a radio interview or a newspaper interview or press or a, a show on the 24th of December or the 25th of December so it's kind of good it's like you know the way that when they used to I mean I think they only do it in two days now or even maybe one day now where they close the pubs one yeah so they only do it on Christmas Day now, Christmas so it's not day. good Friday anymore no it used to be an absolute joy to watch English stag parties walking around Dublin uh, on, on I'll try to get out that boat. You know but the boat in the in, in the Liffey. Just that, just the idea. Uh, the, all the, yeah, yeah, all these like oi oi, and then just wandering around a desolate Good Friday in ridiculous clothes. Uh, oh no, lads, it's close today. Like just the, <laughs> the poor fellas. Uh, but it's kind of like that, I suppose. Uh, closing the pubs is the equivalent for comics. While you're here and before you go, and we let you on your way up the road to where you're beloved of millions. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's like a bad repeat or something like this. Yeah, you know? it actually is, we should say that we do, like, I do all the other 26 counties as well. <laughs> he does, in fairness. Nobody holds it against him down here. We just love him for it. Thinking back to your Christmas childhood, is yeah. there any Christmas when you were a child that you remember a very special gift that Santa brought? Um, I remember, yeah, I got a bike. Got a red bike when I was about six or seven, and the brakes on it weren't brakes you pulled from the front. You know those ones? It was your back pedal, and that was the brake. I'd never seen any sort of thing, anything as technologically advanced in my life, Jerry. In Eden Derry, they were squinting out the windows, looking at this fella on this contraption. Yeah, what is this? What is this? This this newfangled spaceship thing? I mean, I'm sure they had been in other parts of the country ten years before that, but <laughs> I was absolutely obsessed by that. So I still remember it. It's yeah, great job. Yeah, the bike for lads is a big thing when you get your first one, isn't it? And it, it, it sticks with you. But fond memories of Christmas. I was. I know you say you love going back, but yeah. your childhood and all that went round that probably like a simpler times than today. Yeah, yeah, I suppose so. I mean, although you see, it's, it, I mean, I hate to sound like an American film now, but I mean, it is about the spirit of Christmas, isn't it? It is yeah. about family and it is about people getting together. And uh, a couple of years ago, actually, I went to, uh, my family went to the mass at just just on Easter or on Christmas Eve. And the priest got a viber from, a kind of viber was bigger than WhatsApp at the time. He got a viber call from Santa Claus. And uh, so all the kids were at this mass, and he got a viber call from Santa, and the kids went mental. <laughs> and he goes, "No, ho ho ho!" And now you all have to go to bed. And it was just a lovely use. You know, you're talking about it's a simpler time then, but it was a perfect use of technology by that priest. And Brilliant! It, it's exactly how it should be. Used. Absolutely. Anyway, reminding you again: 17th of January, Crescent Concert Hall, Drogheda. Yeah. And then a gig in the Spirit Store, the 26th of January. That's the third day the third there. One, tickets yeah. available. Are the tickets on your website? Where? Yeah, neildelamere.com forward slash gigs is where you get them all. I mean, it's about 50 or 60 dates. 
Yeah. So a lot of them are gone, but you, you know there'll be one in your local area. There will. Seventh of eighth, seventh and eighth of every in Vicker Street, and then uh, lots of listeners we know we have out Blanchardstown Way in Dublin. Yeah. The fourteenth of every Valentine's night this man, and that'll certainly be a love in for sure. Neil <laughs> Delamere, please God, all been well. We'll see you again in twenty twenty. Continued success to you. Just love when you come calling. Thanks, Thanks a million. Just reminding you again to download the LMFM app. It's fantastic. It's free. Put it on your phone and you can carry us with you no matter where you are in this country or in the world. And it's really more important this Christmas time because our brand new online station, LMFM Christmas, is up and running. It has all your favourite Christmas hits. You simply go, if you want to, if you're online and don't have the phone with you, to lmfm.ie and click on LMFM Christmas. Or once you download that app, it's there on the LMFM smartphone smartphone app. That's LMFM Christmas. Enjoy. Now she's back for the final time in 2019. We love her because she sent us to the most exotic and lovely places all over this world. It's Sandra Finnegan from Globe Travel. Sandra, welcome. Hi, Jerry. Great to be back. And great that, to have you back with us. Now look, at Christmas time, I'm sure people are thinking... It's a great gift to give, the gift of travel to somebody. Yeah, the gift of making dreams, Jerry, yes, and dreams making memories. Come true. Yeah, absolutely. Now, I want to ask you this. Vouchers, of course, are fantastic, and then whoever you give them to can redeem them on whatever they want. But do people go to you and actually maybe book flights, hotels, or actual holidays for people, or is Abs- that a good or a bad idea? Yeah, no, it's a great idea, Jerry, because you're giving it, the, the package is done, the dates are set, and it makes you go on that holiday. So it's perfect. And like you could give a voucher for or 50 euro, 100 euro that you could give to your kids towards a deposit for their holidays. If you've got a little bit more money in your pocket, you could get a sporting event, i.e. a Premier League match, uh, Six Nations, lots of ideas, or nice city breaks and like your favourite Krakow, Jerry. Oh, well, I just want to mention that while you're on it. And thank you indeed. I was there last week. Sandra, I, I know you've spoken about it here over the years, but it's only when you go and experience it. I'd have to say it's one of the nicest cities I have ever been to. Yeah, and I was actually amazed when you told me you were speechless when you got to Auschwitz. For you not to talk, Jerry, that was a good well, one. Well, <laughs> it says it all, doesn't it really? But like, from for everything, the hotel, the Cossack we were in there. Absolutely fabulous hotel, and location, oh, perfect. Perfect for everything. You loved the food. Oh, well, look. It goes without saying. You got it your chest cleared <laughs> in the salt mines. I did, I did indeed. And you know the markets were just on. And you know, for you know, people think of markets, and, and, and this is something I did say earlier in the week. The markets are really food and Christmas trinkets and decorations. Absolutely, Christmas decorations. A little yes. trinket to, to remind you yeah. of that time you were away. Yeah. And the people, I have to say. The friendliness and the welcome we got there. I think Amazing. that's why the Polish settle so well in Ireland, because they're so like us. Yes. Well, again, I say thank you and, and recommend, recommend it highly. Just on those sporting events as well, I know you always mention, you, and I want to repeat it again, you do have access to, you can organise tickets for the big Premier League soccer games, the rugby, the Six Nations coming up. Yeah, my magic wand has been shortened a little bit this year, Jerry, because Liverpool who have stolen the show last year, it's just virtually impossible to get tickets. You can get them, but the prices are outrageous. You're talking a one or two night package starting at €1,100. So Santa wouldn't expect to be Mm. making that many deliveries at those prices. But um, Chelsea, who's on the way back up again, uh, very good value for money there, €395. Flights, transfers and a match ticket. 
uh, Arsenal there, 395. And Jose Marino back at Tottenham is yes. there also at 375. OK, so those clubs. And if you want to see Liverpool, maybe you'd look at those clubs when Liverpool are there and you might get absolutely, to see them. Absolutely, absolutely. Simple as that. It just shows you what success uh, brings as well. But the Six Nations starting back up again. Yeah. Our favourite city, Paris. We're there this We're year. We're there this year. And the weekend is perfect the way it's falling on the bank holiday. It's the 13th of March. So uh, Patrick stays on a Tuesday, so you might just take the Monday off and make a nice long weekend of it. Absolutely. Now, we have a question in for you already. 086-1800-658 by WhatsApp or text. And they just want you to talk about the ESTA for a moment. They're going to the States, the message says, later this year. What's the process for the ESTA? Okay, the ESTA process... Uh, that system has been in operation now for about seven or eight years and there was lots of companies coming online and they were defraudently uh, issuing these ESTA visas. Now the visas were fine but the visas cost $14 and they were charging up on $100 and people were getting you know corrupted by this and having to pay it. Uh, So ESTA came along and they've redesigned this new website. It's esta.gov.org So when you fill in the first page it sends you back a verification code. That verification code must be used for you to continue with the ESTA and then you know you're dealing with the correct site. There are bogeys out there. We're telling you that again and quite a number of them. How much does an ESTA cost? An ESTA cost 14 US dollars. As a travel agent, if we process them because they can take some time, we charge 20 euro. And how long does it last for? Uh, The ESTA lasts for two years, but it only lasts for the validity of your passport. So if your passport was expiring December 2020 and I issued you an ESTA visa today, that ESTA will expire on the expiration of your passport. Very important. So it doesn't carry through. Okay, that's important. So check the dates of your passport expiry. And it's a good time of the year actually to do that, just to make sure. I'm sure you see people who are caught with this. Absolutely. And the other thing, Jerry, the passport online, as I stressed to you last year, the turnaround time is really 72 hours. It's amazing. Now, moving on, uh, you want to pick out a couple of Sandra's recommendations for 2020. You're back to the cruise again. Got to a devil for these cruises. I know, I know. And Jerry, this one is perfect for those who don't want to fly. Everybody always has Iceland on their bucket list. This is a wonderful cruise with Celebrity Cruises departing in May 2020. It's a 10-night cruise departing from Dublin, returning to Dublin. So no hassle of airports, you know, you can get dropped off at the port and back to the port. It's full board and it's €1,179. For 10 days. For 10 days. Excellent value. And it's a five star. This is top of the range. Get a Weight Watchers book on the way back (laughs) off it, Jerry. (laughs) Now, uh, you know, uh, I have a great love and we have a great love at home for Italy and it's developed over the years. And of course, I'm always looking and saying to you, where else should we try? Well, you've come up with a new one this year. Tell us about it. Absolutely. With thanks to Erlingus, who are flying directly into Brindisi uh, twice uh, a week, commencing on the 26th of May and running through until the end of September. So Italy's heel has so much to offer. We all love Gino De Campo and his cooking. Well, we've just found the perfect place to celebrate it. Uh, I just watched, he had a whole programme on it uh, this season and he did the whole tour. So for the cook and wine lovers it's going to be perfect holiday so we're talking about Puglia here and you're flying into Brindisi with Aer Lingus flying into Brindisi okay yes. uh, I, I had a quick look at mm, this when mm. you told me we were going to talk about it oh can I say this to you isn't Brind- Brindisi itself spectacular just absolutely stunning 
Uh, you're lucky that you've got the beautiful port of Barry. Uh, you've got the big town of Lecce. And then Pugliano El Mare is one of the beach resorts. Mm. Uh, absolutely stunning. And again, Jerry, food, wine, beaches. Uh, we can You can hire villas for families. Uh, car hire recommended. Okay. And Lecce, you mentioned there, it's known as the Florence of the South. The it's that the South, beautiful. Yes. Absolutely. So, beautiful so this new route from Dublin, it's, it's, uh, how long would the flight be? It's two hours 50. Okay. So on to three hours, let's say, for the flight there. Um, the the thing about it is, this is an area now that is it will be opened up, I take it now, more to Irish people with Absolutely. these Absolutely. The Italians love, the Irish love the Italian resorts. And even if you want to give yourself a taste of it, we just did a sample today. If you fly out on a three night package on the 23rd of May, you're looking at prices from €359 Euro flights and accommodation. It's very good value. Very good value. It's a nice three star boutique style hotels in the old town of so the heel of Italy, Puglia, is uh, Sandra's top tip for 2020. As people uh, sit at home today listening to us, and here we are in the darkest days of the year, and don't mention the war, the weather that's going on at this uh, time in Ireland. Looking ahead to next summer and, and family summer holidays, is, is this now the time to get your ducks in order, have a look and get booking quickly? Absolutely. Uh, free child places still available, uh, low deposits and you know, a huge amount of destinations. Florida at the moment is superb value for money. Or prices starting from six ninety nine for next year. Uh, so if you haven't been, a treat in store, certainly there. There's a question, another one just come in. Talking about sports, uh, Jerry, and I heard you mentioned before, but would you ask Sandra today... Um, I've never been to Wimbledon, says this listener. I have, luckily I have been there once, fantastic. Are uh, tennis tickets for Wimbledon a possibility? Yes, we can get you packages for Wimbledon. Uh, as you know, Jerry, they do come at a premium. But uh, if we go for the earlier games, we can get some value for money. And you talked about back to Christmas and that. And again, just to, to say about this, at Christmas time, looking round... There's such a choice, you know what I mean? Absolutely, Jerry. You can get a weekend in London, say on the 17th of January, for €235 Euro per person. Uh, back to Krakow for March, on the 3rd of March, 249. The beautiful city of Rome, on the 4th of February, €235. Euro. Uh, Madrid, same date, so you're looking at 319. Venice, on the 20th of January, 245. Beautiful city of Lisbon, 199. So super value. So money. many uh, options or there for city breaks. If you're looking for a bit of sunshine, and you want to just get in round midterm, uh, family two adults, two children, Lanzarote one four seven five. And that's the first midterm break after the Christmas you're talking about yeah, there. And um, you're guaranteed good sunshine. Well, nice. guaranteed as you can <laughs> as you get. Can, yeah, I was can. in Marbella last weekend and we got 23 degrees in December. Isn't that just something Absolutely else? fabulous. It, it really is fabulous. And now, be- Lapland for next oh, year yeah, yeah, look, it's on sale. Here. It's going on sale on Monday. So if you give us a call, we're taking registrations because there is some free child places and that's a huge saving if you've got two or three children travelling. So the, uh, even though it's a year ahead, Lapland 2020 
Yes. And, you know, if you wanted to send somebody on something special, wouldn't that be a lovely one to pay? Buy them a gift voucher and they can use it as a deposit. Just on that, is the day trip a good one or should you do an overnight? I did a day trip, Jerry, and it was magical. Okay. And to me, it was it was plenty. But some people like to experience it a little bit longer. And it also gives you an option to, if you wanted to try out skiing and you haven't done it, it's a great yeah. way of trying it. When does Lapland start? Is it at the beginning Starts of December? Starts on the 3rd of December. And runs right up and to? And runs uh, Christmas Eve. Okay, runs right up 23rd, to 23rd, actually. Santi's too busy on the 24th. Well, let's wet their whistle before you leave us for 2019 because I'm going to tell you that you will want to join Sandra when she was with us very early in the new year because we have a very, very special prize. We have a very exciting An prize. An exciting prize. And do you want to tell them what it is? Well, um, I've always gone on about Dubai too, Jerry. Yes. So this year, uh, to heat up January for one of our listeners, we're going to offer our return flights to Dubai with four nights hotel accommodation in a beach resort. And you can't enter, Jerry. I'm disbarred, <laughs> unfortunately. That's coming your way from Sandra Finnegan and Globe Travel early in the new year. We'll tell you more about that and on. Sandra, thank you for Thanks, uh, your contribution happy to Christmas the show. And, happy new year to and you many and returns to you and your staff as well. Globe Travel, you can contact them on 041-983-7791 or check it out, globetravel.ie. Just reminding you, putting makers out there, no Knowers of pudding makers, historical puddings, new puddings. Yes, get them to us. The best Christmas pudding in the Northeast competition is back on late lunch. We need your puds or pieces of puds or big puds, little puds, half puds, whatever you have. Get them into us by next Wednesday. Next Wednesday, close a business and we will select, well, our women with opinions will pick the best Christmas pudding in the Northeast 2020 on Friday the 20th. Massive hamper for the winner and Brian Farley can't win. He's waving at me from studio one. Sorry, Brian. I'm sorry to disappoint you. Anyway, get the puds to us <laughs> as soon as you can. Of course, he'll taste them. He definitely will. We might get them on the judging panel even this year. Anyway, get the puds into us. And just one more thing to mention. Um, there's a big fundraising Christmas concert being organised by the Parish Pastoral Council of the Parish of Monaster Boyce to mark the 125th anniversary of the dedication of the Church of the Immaculate Conception in Tenure. That concert is taking place in the church in Tenure this Sunday the 15th of December at half past seven it features the brilliant Draw the Brass Band and quite a number of special guests tickets are a tenor just a tenor in what value it is what entertainment you'll have and 20 for a family that means any size of family so there's 10 in your family they all get in for 20 quid you won't get better value than that in Ireland and all the proceeds are being divided between the St Vincent de Paul and the Church Repair Fund and we wish them well with that my next guest on Late Lunch this afternoon was born 10 years after the man he's written a new book about Ken Whittaker, who was named Irishman of the 20th century, is the most famous and significant man to grow up in Drogheda. And the man who penned the book is also very well known and a real son of the Boyne side. Ted Green, you're welcome to Late Lunch. Thank you. Thank, Thank you, you for Jerry. joining me today. I just want to begin, Ted. You, your dedication in this book is very interesting because the dedication in the book says, turn to the back page. Yes. So the dedication, and do you mind if I just read the, the, the little yeah, piece here? the back here? cover. The back it. cover of the page. Let yeah. me just read this to begin. And it, it goes as follows. My greatest desire is to see the people of this island happy and at peace with work to do in Ireland, which gives personal satisfaction and provides good living standards and social conditions for all. I make no distinction in these aspirations between North and South or between Catholic and Protestant. And those are the words 
of Ken Whitaker. Yes, and I say hear, hear to that. And I think so many people do. It's brilliant the way you've done it, may I say, and, and, and to bring that Pleasure. to the fore. Um, he, he wasn't a born in Drogheda, Ted, this man. No, he came from County Down, from Ross Trevor, and his father was a manager of a, a textile factory up there. But when things started to uh, go slow up in County Down, he moved to Drogheda and joined the Green Mountain Boyne Mills. And he spent the rest of his life there. And, uh, of course, he lived in William Street, and the house was called Paradise Cottage. Now, oddly enough, it's not a cottage. It's a fine two-storey house, but uh, he, he called it Paradise Cottage and often emphasised on the term paradise because in his young days, he, he loved Drauda and the people in it and everything about it. And even in later life, when he was, for example, up fishing in County Mayo, uh, he caught three salmon on one occasion and the people wanted to call the place Whittaker Bay. And he said, no, he said, call it... Um, paradise? Par- yeah, Paradise Paradise Bay. Bay. Yes. Can I tell you, I fished that bay on that lake you're talking no. about. I did, yes, I did, because I'm a keen angler myself. I know exactly what you're talking about. <laughs> Isn't that an interesting wee story? Look, where he was there living off William Street and in Paradise Cottage, she was only a stone's throw from the CBS, which was very formative, and a teacher there called Pather McCann. Ah, yes. I remember Pather myself. He was there in my day, a small man and... Uh, Parapathetic, you'd call it. In other words, he was always on the move, always on the go, and his two legs were always going ahead. And he was aware of one thing in the early days of Ireland's freedom, and it was that uh, the uh, the education was lacking in some matters. For example, it concentrated on uh, subjects like Latin and Greek and so on, which, of course, are useless in today's world. And instead of that, uh, he wanted the people to to learn French, which was the up-and-coming language and and a, a commercial language too. And what he did was... He taught the boys whoever, who wanted to learn French to come in half an hour early and to, uh, and in that way he picked up a very good knowledge of French and it, it served him well in later times because when he became um, Minister for Finance he was in touch with important people on the continent in France and Germany and so on yes. and he was able to uh, to converse with him in French yes. fluently. So Pada McCann you're saying to me was outward looking towards Europe and he had that influence on Ken Whitaker and others as well. Exactly. Now he, in those years, 20s and into the 30s, he studied away there. He was a very clever man, a clever boy, Ken Whitaker. He won a scholarship, a big scholarship. He did. He got one of the top places in Ireland. And uh, it was that that helped him into uh, later life because he, he, was going, he wanted to become a doctor. But, of course, his father was retired by this stage and they held a council of war at home and decided no his funds wouldn't allow that sort of a thing. 
and oddly enough at the same time a letter came in the door offering a job in the civil service and of course he jumped at the prospect. He did indeed and he started as a clerical officer in Dublin in 1934 but listen this fella he wasn't going to let the grass grow under his feet he moved up very quickly. He did Yes. Well, first of all, even at school, they recognise his brilliance. And uh, I had the good fortune of speaking to a a few of his classmates while they were still uh, alive in the, well, in the the last 50 or 20 years. I spoke to them and they uh, spoke very highly of him and his ability. And one of them in particular said... Ken Whitter, he could teach the teachers. Ah, there you go. And that carried with him into the workplace as well. He moved quickly, as I said, up through the ranks. Now, the first, as he moved up into those senior positions in the departments, and and we have to talk about this, uh, the 50s in Ireland, pre the 50s, you know, late 30s into the 40s. It was a shocking, difficult time. This country had no work. It was poor. no work. Yeah, and unfortunately the government wasn't able to uh, solve any of these problems because you must remember that the first three Taoiseachs or Taoiseach were, uh, had been involved in 1916. The first one, for example, Cosgrave, he was, uh, I think, in the GPO in 1916 and in 1921 and 22. so was de Valera, who was the next uh, uh, Taoiseach. Taoiseach. And then uh, Lamas. Lamas was only 16 years of age uh, at that time. And he was given the job in in uh, the GPO of going up on the roof with a shotgun. <laughs> Not that that could have done Made much, much difference. Yeah. But, but what you're saying is all those men had direct experience of the conflict times and then they became Taoiseach of Ireland. From your book, I, I just I'd throw this at you. Um... With De Valera, what was his Ken's relationship like with De Valera? Uh, they would not have been good friends because, uh, not particularly good friends, for the very good reason that De Valera, his mind was fixed on severing the link with England, with Britain. And he achieved that all right, but he could do very little else. Although he was a good I don't like to use the phrase gunman, but certainly we call him a freedom fighter. When it came to running the country, he knew very little. He wanted everyone to learn Irish, Irish, Irish. And he thought that was number, the number one aim in his life was to, for the people to speak Irish. Again, severing the link with Britain. So he was inward-looking. He wasn't outward-looking. He was protect. Right. There was protectionism, but there were no jobs. There was no. Yes, and there again, De Valera made a mistake because he wanted to cut out as far as possible. Uh, taking goods from Britain, imports from Britain. And instead of that, he set up factories in Ireland. Now, these factories making shoes and shirts and things like that, they weren't particularly helpful in in, in helping the Irish nation because goods became too expensive, number one, and secondly, they were often... I don't like to say this, they were shoddy. Yes, they were shoddy. Compared to the counterparts across the water. And of course, yes. huge trade had existed there for centuries. Uh, coming back to, to Ken, 
he was outward looking. He was progressive. He wanted to end protectionism. He wanted Ireland to look out uh, from here. And that was his vision. But that didn't happen until there was a change of guard. Lamas was the key to that, wasn't he? Lamas, he took over in the, in the 40s and he, he was more in line with Ken Whitaker and his line of thought. And that gave a great impetus to what Ken Whitaker had in mind because Ken Whitaker, when he became secretary to the Minister for Finance, he could see that Ireland was going downhill and downhill. And at that time, I referred to in the book of the 1950s as the depressing era. And uh, in the 1950s alone, in that decade, over 400,000 people flocked to England looking for jobs. But unfortunately, they had one hand as long as the other and they could speak Irish. <laughs> but that was no help over in Britain. And uh, he, he, uh, he wanted to put an end to that sort of thing. The emigration. The emigration. And... Uh, and Four, over 400, that's nearly half a million people it's in massive. a decade. Mm, it's huge, it really does put it into that was, context. That was our principal export. Mm, people. People. So we were losing people by the new time, our economy was on the ground, there was protectionism, but Ken had this vision and beside Lamas, slowly the wheel turned. And he, like, when you think about it, he, he set the wheels in motion for the joining of the... European Union, or the EEC as it was at the time. That's right. He looked north where there had been no contact really since partition, very little and the border and tried to build bridges there. Yes, that's a separate separate episode in in his career. Not only was he an economist supreme, but as well as that, he was a man of peace and he deplored the difficulties and the conflict that were happening up in the Northern Ireland. And when uh, he initiated a talk between Lamas and the Prime Minister in Northern Ireland, Terence O'Neill, and they went up there, and of course nobody knew in advance, but when the word came out, <laughs> uh, every journalist of the day with their pens poised came along and uh, to take photographs and all. And as a matter of fact, one, uh, one uh, photographer, he said, I, w- I want you to get closer together and says, says uh, Lamas, that's what we're here for. <laughs> <laughs> brilliant, brilliant. But that was a, a significant meeting. It was the the first after many years. And then O'Neill, I think, reciprocated. He came down here. He came down, yeah. yeah so that was, was the beginning. And of course, w- when we skip on to the peace process, people may not realise, but Ken Whittaker was deeply involved in the peace process. He was, not directly. He kept a low profile yeah. all the time. But in the background, he, you see, through his knowledge and his visits to the North on uh, about financial matters, he got to know a lot of the people up there and they recognised him as a person who was broad-minded and very, very intelligent. And uh, in that way, they built up a connection. And that helped to... Uh, to break down barriers between North and South. There was nearly a, a, a faux pas with the cover. Tell me the little story. Oh, yeah. Well, the cover was designed by my son, Ben. 
and uh, he, he did a good job on it, I have to say. A great but job. He pointed out to me that my name hadn't appeared anywhere on the cover. And I said, oh, yeah, I put that in somewhere. Where will I put it? Ah, says I, put it down at the bottom. So <laughs> it's a good job that this was a draft and it wasn't the final because it read... Uh, as the book says, Irishman of the 20th century, Ted Green. <laughs> Your name was under that. Let me tell you, it's brilliantly positioned in the top left-hand corner. Now, yeah, that well, would have been a real, yeah. uh, real a one. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> but maybe I could be uh, uh, the, the Irishman of the 21st yes, century. Yes, why not? Why <laughs> not? you got to aim big and you're following in his footsteps. Tell me this when we come back to him. You know, his role in government, rising to the top of government departments, been side by side with the Taoiseach. He then went on to become even more famous because his signature were on uh, was on the Irish currency. Uh, right. pound notes and 10 yes. shilling notes and everything. He became governor of the Central Bank and he was there from 69 to 76. I'm going to say, throw this one at you. He, he was really a man who had his hand, his finger on the pulse, his hand on the tiller. The banking crisis, the more recent one, 10, 12 years ago, would it have happened on Ken Whitaker's watch? Yes. Well, now, uh, I have to say that in the early days of the Central Bank, it was formed incidentally in 1943. And in the early days, it was sort of in the wilderness because uh, it had no particular role Mm. or function. But when he became um, governor of the Central Bank, he changed everything. And he warned the banks that the red light would be shining. I want you all to conduct yourselves. And they did up to a point. They had to go by. You see, they were in the position of being able to hand out money ad lib to anyone who came along looking for money. Of course, that causes inflation. Inflation is the enemy of commerce and trade. Yes, and you see, you've answered my question. Indirectly, you've said, had Ken Whittaker been there, <laughs> you know, you could have oh, yes. transposed him to, oh, yes. you know, 15 years ago. But then in the year 2000 and thereafter, uh, the bankers seemed to give out money without collateral at times, which was sinful, sinful. Mm. And the result was that inflation was rampant and the the price of property escalated um, and uh, even normal land that was suitable for building purposes skyrocketed as well and uh, everything was out of control Mm. and one of the reasons was the banks on the continent were giving money to the Irish banks almost free of charge. Yeah, oh sure, look at the, the it's well documented at this stage. Um, you, you, he, he was born in Ross Trevor, but of course his formative years were drawn and he was reared here and he had a massive love for the, for the place. Um, he loved his fishing. We, 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 you mentioned Paradise Bay <laughs> yes. on the lake in the west. He, he was a mad keen angler, wasn't he? He was. And that would have started on the River Boyne in Drada, up at the Corley Hole. He'd go there and do his, and, and gave, that gave him that yen for fishing, salmon fishing in particular. And uh, I have a few pictures of he holding a big, luscious salmon. Oh, he loved the silver and, fellas. And you could see the smile in his yes. face. <laughs> oh, you're never happier, let me tell you when, you, when you, when you land a lovely fish. He was a talented musician as well, wasn't he? He was. He was very fond of music and he learned the piano as a young boy and he also learned the, the violin. And believe it or not, 
in his 88 years, he started taking lessons in the cello. <laughs> wow. Wow, what a man. Yeah. Now, in that seat that you're sitting on there, on a couple of occasions in the past, Anne Chambers has sat there. You oh. give her tremendous acknowledgement in this book. Yes, well, she was a great girl and she was, she knew Ken Whitaker quite well. And uh, she, uh, her book deals, deals primarily with his achievements. Yes. And mine deals also with Ken Whitaker as a human being and his foibles and his likes and dislikes. For example, I was speaking to his son in more recent times and uh, he gave me some tips as well and things about and I asked him look why don't you give me some warts you know that uh, Cromwell spoke of when a picture was being taken of him he said well I include the wall the walls the warts he said yes include warts and all <laughs> and I asked Ken Whittaker Jr uh, give me some warts <laughs> and he did he told me for example that using his hands he was pretty well hopeless do his DIY, no, wasn't into it. And for example, if he had a screw, <laughs> he used to hammer it with, with a hammer into the timber. <laughs> he couldn't understand anything else. God, I think I have something in common with myself besides the fishing when you, when you mentioned that, Ted. But look, he, he was a very um, amiable guy. He came a very pleasant man as well. But he had to have a steely side to him also. He probably had... And it didn't show. It's very rare. You see, uh, he didn't. He never threw his weight around when he was minister of finance. He had uh, when he was sorry, not minister, but secretary, secretary the of the department. Yeah, and uh, he clashed several times with one particular gentleman by the name of Hawhey. I won't go into any further detail oh, about that. But they clashed all the time. Say no more, Ted. And you could understand why they'd clash. They were yes, poles apart. They were poles apart. And you see, as governor of the Bank of Ireland, he was in charge of a lot of funds, money. And of course, how he put his eye on that money and he wanted to grab it for use uh, in budgetary. And what he said, oh, oh, you can't touch that. I'm non-government. The the body I'm with, which is a central bank, is not a governmental job, so keep it off. Let me say before we finish that this is more than a book about uh, Ken Whitaker. It is a social commentary as well on the 20th century, both locally and nationally, and I congratulate you on that. I think it's a wonderful... You've weaved it in brilliantly into Ken's story. Now, just to tell listeners, Christmas is coming, and if you want to educate people about a brilliant Irishman... And what he did in his time, this is the book for you this Christmas. And you can pick it up at Arrow Tours on West Street in Drogheda. It's available in Waterstones Bookshop in Drogheda as well. And I highly recommend it. I really do. And I congratulate you. And just before you go, you're a great man. Tell them what age you are. You celebrated what birthday this year? I'm 21 and upwards. (laughs) 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 Well, 92 more accurate. Yes, he's 90 years years young, may I say, Ted. Yes, I still have all my faculties, although I now often use a walking stick. Ah, well, look, you're entitled to that after the the nine decades. Congratulations on a wonderful book. T.K. Whittaker, His Life and Times by Ted Green. It's a cracker. Good luck to you, Ted, with the book. Thank you for joining me on the show. Thank you. 
You know the Ark, Puddin Hill, fantastic people, Lisa and Anthony there. Well, they're doing something absolutely brilliant for Christmas. They're hosting a Christmas Day dinner. And if you know anybody who are in an emergency accommodation, emergency accommodation or are homeless, they want you to get in touch with them because they're putting together a fabulous meal on Christmas Day. The Tribe Restaurant in Dulik are cooking the turkeys and hams. Millbrook Foods are providing the desserts. Meat, potatoes, the fruit and veg and Value Centre Navin. Uh, the drinks uh, will come from there. It's starting at half past 11 and run till around three o'clock. Three course dinner. If you know anybody who's in emergency accommodation again or homeless, Lisa and Anthony would love to hear from you. You can contact them thearkpuddenhill.com thearkpuddenhill.com or the number 087-391-0807 that's 087-391-0807 wonderful, wonderful gesture this Christmas in less than two weeks ago it's getting really exciting now and it should be exciting for your children because next week on Late Lunch we're going to hear from you and your Christmas cuties 250 euro voucher for Shoe City to be won for the cutest Christmas cutie. All you have to do is video your child, send it in to us here by WhatsApp, LMFM WhatsApp. The number is 086 658 or you can email it to latelunch at lmfm.ie. You won't see it, but this is what we're talking about. I'm a little turkey. My name is Ted. Here are my feathers and here is my head. Gobble, gobble, gobble is what I say. Quickly run, it's Christmas Day. Ava Flynn there, performing, yes, brilliantly. She is a Christmas cutie. Have you one in your home? Send us in the videos and we'll play them and we'll put them up on social media. And remember, when you send them to us, it is part of the conditions. You send them to us and we will use them on social media and play them out here on Late Lunch in the Afternoons. €250 Shoe City voucher for the cutest cutie. Lovely prize. Get cracking. Up next on Late Lunch, a new clothing range designed by a local woman for Dunn stores for children with additional needs. Alva Cullen's with us next. I last spoke to Alva Cullen from Kells when she designed vests and nightwear for Dunn stores back in 2016 for children with additional needs. And she's back with the specialist range and she's on the line with me. Alva, good afternoon. Hi, how are you? I'm very good. Well done to you, let me say again, on getting into one of the top stores in Ireland. Tell us what you've designed this time and the significance of it. Well, thanks very much. Um, Yeah, so this time, the first range that launched back in 2016, that was vests and sleep suits, as you said, um, and some of them had specialised openings for, say, children who require feeding via peg or via tube. Um, This time they've gone one step further and brought out quite fashionable, really nice little pieces for kids. So there are shirts um, there's a beautiful easy dress shirt with um, Velcro down the front making independent dressing so, so simple. There's leggings, tops, joggers, jacket, jeans. It's It, it really is kind of like a little capsule wardrobe yeah. for, for boys and girls. That's terrific. And it, it, it really is great to see it. And th- there's a, a real significance in this, uh, Alva, because prior to this, this wasn't available here in Ireland. You had to order online, go abroad, what? Yeah, pretty much. Um, If you had a child who required any kind of adapted clothing, so as I said, you know, a peg vest or we'll say you have a child who is a wheelchair user um, and they require um, like a a jacket for a moulded wheelchair so it couldn't be too thick, 
anything like that, you would have had to have ordered it from the UK, from America. And the price and the cost involved was, it was, it was pretty ridiculous. The, the disability dollar, as I like to call it, um, the clothes and the vests, as well as the shipping and the import and everything would have cost a fortune. So now these clothes are ready ava- readily available online on the Dunstore's website in the specialist section. Um, and it's next day delivery and it's fantastic. It is great news for lots and lots of people right across the country. Now, just explain again how this works. Are the designers come up with this and they send them to you for approval or is it the other way around? Yeah, it's, it's a funny one. Um, so what would happen is the, the guys in Duns will ring me up and go, you know, we were thinking or they, they would have gotten a, a request via the website or, you know, a customer would have written into them or they would have seen something themselves um, and they, they'd come to me and say, look, we're thinking of doing this or on the other hand, I'm involved with um, a charity based in North Mead called Special Hands Activity Group Um and we have nearly 200 members on a, a, a wide, wide range of disabilities. And um, parents would come to me and say, look, you know, do you think Duns would consider doing such and such? So it's it's kind of half and half, really. Um, what they do then, we'd sit down, have a chat about it, see what is viable, you know, what, what could work, what wouldn't work. Um, and then they'll go off, they'll produce it and they'll send it to me and I'll have a look at it and I'll give it to one of the parents within special hands and, you know, someone who it would suit. Um, and they'll come back and say, absolutely, that works or change this or change that or move this, move that. Um, and then I go back to the team. So it's it's a bit of a long process, but well, it gets there in the end. It does, but you know what it is? It's a wonderful collaboration. And, you know, there's an awful lot of things in life where you really should go and talk to the end user. Do you know what I'm saying? Oh, and, absolutely. And, and I congratulate you and Dunn Stores on making this happen. Thank you very much. Yeah. So it's an ongoing process, but the specialist range is out there now. But obviously it's a moving feast and you're always looking and listening and open to suggestions. Oh, absolutely, yeah. I mean, the, the likes of the, the jacket that they've designed, which is hopefully going to be online very, very soon, um, the, the jacket that they've designed, that was born out of necessity, really, whereas I had a couple of parents within special hands who actually, you know, coming into the winter, they couldn't get... I suppose when you have a child in a, a moulded wheelchair, you can't, as I said, have anything too big or too bulky, but at the same time, they need to retain heat because obviously you're in a wheelchair, you're not going to be as warm as you or I would be constantly moving around. Um, so they came up with this super light fabric that they'd used in another jacket um, and they, they changed the whole design. of. I suppose they had the, the core of it and they changed the whole design of the jacket um, to suit the people that, that are in wheelchairs. So it's, it's ah, fantastic. It's, it's, it's open just one example, yeah. Yeah, yeah it, it kind of comes in, in two different pieces. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, it's, it's a wonderful example of, uh, of uh, what's uh, going on. Now, just to say again, it's the specialist range. Is it available on the ground in Duns or is it online or both? Um, it's online only. Okay. Um, so it's exclusively online. So if you go to dunstores.com, um, into kids and then you'll see highlights in the specialist ranges in there and you'll see our two absolutely gorgeous models um, Milo and Fanula. Lovely, lovely, there. lovely. You're a great one. Happy Christmas to you and to everybody involved in the wonderful uh, Special Hands Club. Have a great time yes, and all the best you. for 2020. I'm sure we'll be talking next year, Alva. 
Hopefully so. Thanks very much. Thanks an awful lot. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. That's Alva Cullen there. And uh, you got the details there. The specialist range online from Dunn Stores. That's a lot on Late Lunch for this Thursday afternoon. My grateful thanks to uh, Brian Farley, who's been guiding me all the way. We leave you with what many people regard as the definitive song of Christmas, the classic Bing Crosby and David Bowie, the drummer boy. See you tomorrow, 1.30. LMFM with your local mace going the extra smile this Christmas for a season filled with magic. A newborn king to see, ba-rum-ba-bum-bum Our finest gifts we bring, ba-rum-ba-bum-bum Rum-ba-bum-bum, rum-ba-bum-bum Peace on earth, can it be Years from now, perhaps we'll see our finest day of glory. Say the day Late Lunch with Blackstone Motors. The 2020 Dacia sales event is now on at Blackstone Motors, Drogheda, Dundalk and Cavan. Call in to see how shockingly affordable a new Dacia is in the new year. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. 
Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.